The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot for joining in and being with us. A number of your really long-term listeners and let us know it on the street and text and emails and other comments online and so we really appreciate that hope we're doing a good service here so bubba yesterday we had our counselor on mm-hmm. our therapist is it weak of me to to admit we have one a I, counselor a therapist I, I, in fact i would say that it takes more courage to admit that you have yeah, one right yeah i think so i think so these days it's become cool and sexy to have them mm-hmm. you know Long time ago, they called them shrinks, and right. you had to sneak in the back door, and mm-hmm. and now we, we, you know, we realize, hey, you know, y- your wife may have a personal trainer, right? Huh? Mm-hmm. Is it weak of her to admit that she needs somebody to help her run that five k faster? I, I I don't know if, if this is accurate or not, but I think I've heard it um, uh, this way before that your mind is the strongest muscle in your body, mm-hmm. and without exercising it properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and without being aware of certain Mm -hmm. things. You know, I go back to the example of a personal trainer or maybe a nutritionist. Nutritionist comes in and say, Bubba, you know, you've been working out for a a year here, and you've been really trying to get that squat up to 500 Mm -hmm. uh, pounds, and and you've done everything. Did you know eating all that red meat hurts you? Right. Huh? Yeah. Or whatever. Or your your technique is wrong. Your technique is wrong, you know? And so a little bit of advice is probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons we have the advisors roundtable and one of the reasons that you and I are in the financial services business to help people with certain advice. So it was really good to have Cassandra uh, in talking to us and doing her therapy and, and, and making sure that we got our counseling yesterday. And we talked about, we used a couple words I want to revisit today. Okay. Biases. And you and I did a present presentation last right. night, mm-hmm. and you talked about a couple biases that yeah. people have. Talked about confirmation bias. All right, last so night. what is what? Let's cover that one. What's confirmation bias? All right, so generally speaking, a confirmation bias is uh, maybe that you have a theory or an idea or a an opinion, mm-hmm. and you stick to that p- opinion. And because it's worked in the past. Because maybe it's worked in the past or you feel like it's going to work in the future. Okay. And then whatever opinion that is mm-hmm. works out in your favor or uh, in conjunction with mm-hmm. your opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden you think, well, I'm the smartest uh, you know, mm-hmm. guy in the room because mm-hmm. uh, whatever my opinion was mm-hmm. worked out the way I thought it would. Mm-hmm. And therefore you've got this uh, sense of... Uh, confidence about you, mm-hmm. right? And that confidence uh, is based on your experience, your experience, your opinion, what actually happened. But it may be uh, maybe totally, uh, you know, unrealistic to to maintain that going forward. It's not necessarily going to happen every time. Mm-hmm. So I give you an example of this, and you know, my 
my uh, uh, deceased mother would probably not be happy that I admit this, but you know, when I was in college, I was convinced I was really good with numbers. Mm -hmm. I did really good in math class and probabilities and statistics and all that sort of stuff. So I started playing blackjack. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and read a couple books on blackjack and, and had, had myself convinced I was pretty good at, yeah. at blackjack. And quite actually, if you can control yourself, and there are a few rules, and if you'll pay attention to how the cards are playing and how the people around you are playing mm-hmm. and how the dealer is doing this thing, if you'll sit there long enough, you can do okay at blackjack. Yeah. Really and truly, you can. Mm-hmm. All right? There have been movies written. 21 was right. one of famous movie about it however i started playing blackjack with this guy who's has also passed away unfortunately over the last few years but at one time we had a really good friendship and he and i used to go and play blackjack and he was convinced that every time that there was a showing 14 you hit it Mm -hmm. that you took a took one and one of the reasons he was is because he had played a couple of hands He, he hadn't played as much as i had but he thought he was getting good at it and he was a smart guy he was a doctor and so he, he was convinced that, you know, every time you hit a 14, mm-hmm. well, you really don't do it every time. Mm-hmm. But about three times in a row, every time he had a 14 or less yeah. showing, he always said, give me another card. Mm-hmm. Okay? Two or three times in a row, that worked. And he looked over at me, and he was like, I, I, I know, got this. Yeah. I got this. This is nothing. Right? And then about three times in a row, cause, so he had... This confirmation bias because it had been confirmed in his yeah. brain mm-hmm. that his theory was best and right. And that he was doing the right thing. He's doing the right thing. And all of a sudden, the cards turned, mm-hmm. and he had a couple of, you know, 13s, 14s showing, and he mm-hmm. took a card, and face cards came up. Yep. The face card counts 10. That was over 21. He busted. Right. All right. He, oh, my theory's not working. Mm-hmm. Well... We see that sometimes in athletics. A coach is convinced that Bubba can run up the middle. Mm-hmm. The last three teams have not been able to stop Bubba. Right. So what are we going to do in the next game? Run up the middle. We're going to run Bubba up the middle. Mm-hmm. All right. But we forgot to realize that this next team we're playing has an All-American nose guard. Yep. Mm-hmm. Huh? Those other two or three teams we played. And they've been watching films. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that studies. Mm-hmm. Huh? Um, and so that's a really good point you make there about a confirmation bias. How does that work in the financial world now that we've explained it? So in the, in the financial world, uh, let's say that your opinion or thought is uh, that the market's going to go down. So you move your investments to cash or some other alternative. And the market does go and down. And the market does go down. You yeah. are brilliant. All of a sudden, you, you think to yourself, I have saved myself all this money I got out when things were high. The mm-hmm. market has, has gone down. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But does the market always go down? Uh, Not always. Does the market always go up? Not always. And do you know when to get back in? Right. Just because this mm-hmm. one time you made a good call, mm-hmm. you were lucky or uh, shrewd or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, does that mean it's going to work that way every time? It does not you? mean that it's going to work that way every time. Because, you know, the next time, that you think you, you're going to get out and save yourself a 20% correction, it may only go down 2% and bounce straight back up. Right. There you are sitting on the sideline with your pants mm-hmm. down. Yep. Huh? And so, but because it happened and it worked last time and it mm-hmm. confirmed your theory, yep. you think you've got this and you've got mm-hmm. a confirmation bias. Right. 
which can affect your future decisions. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about some of these biases that people have and specifically relate them like we just did to your financial life from the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you on Super Talk Radio. We talk about biases, Bubba. So you talked about this confirmation bias, mm -hmm. right? Uh, there are a number of other bi uh, biases that we have. Now, I'm not talking about political and racial and spiritual. I, I'm just talking about as humans, mm -hmm. we like shortcuts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh? And so if, you know, I can kind of figure out every time I turn the faucet this way, it's going to do this and do this and th this way, then I'll have to think about it again. And I get that indelibly stuck in my brain and boom. One of my favorite biases that, I, that I've read about is called survivorship bias. Mm -hmm. um, and so this goes back to World War II when they were looking at airplanes that were coming back to the airfield mm. uh, that were shot up, right? Okay. And they looked at these airplanes, and they, they saw um, where bullet holes were on, on these airplanes, right? Okay, so they, Bubba brings his plane in. Mm -hmm. He's been out on a sortie, yep. and he comes back in, and we realize that the right side, yep. wherever he went, mm -hmm. has, has most of the bullet holes. Right, or, or wherever. So they, they, they kind of did a map on an airplane, or these airplanes, and they put holes where the, the majority of the bullets went on these things okay. and they decided what we're going to do is we're going to beef up these areas of this airplane because this is where they're getting shot oh right okay which which seems kind of logical it seems logical right right but what they didn't realize is these were the planes that were flying back and making it back to the base <laughs> what they needed to look at and beef up were the areas uh where that the bullets actually brought you down that actually brought you down <laughs> right so that one's called survivorship bias, uh, and, and it's absolutely one of my favorites because it's it's uh, it's not really intuitive to think that way, mm -hmm. but you have to think you know down the line. Yep, these yep. guys are coming back in these airplanes that are full of bullet holes. Why do I need to know where Bubba's holes are if he got back? Right, I need to know where Phil's holes were before he went down. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And so, how would I apply that survivorship bias? to how people make financial decisions and how households handle their money, how investors react. And you could probably do it a couple of ways. Mm -hmm. So um, when you look at it, you, you think of uh, a given portfolio or a family's financial needs, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're basically trying to get from point A to B, maybe with a C later on down the road, okay. right? So you, you've got these goals in mind. Okay. Um, and then you look at what has derailed other individuals in the past, right? Mm -hmm. And what have uh, made people succeed and get to their goals in the past. Right. right. So you use some of those metrics and measures to decide, okay, well, based on past experience, past history, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. and, and granted, you know, past history is no indication of future performance. Sure. But when you look at the basics, right? Mm -hmm. Asset allocation, do you own quality? Do you, you know, those types of things mm -hmm. that you can say, okay, well, if we need to get Phil from A to B, mm -hmm. uh, this is probability wise, mm -hmm. the, the most likely way to get him from A to B. And it's just as important mm -hmm. to look at other portfolios and yeah. analysis about what worked, but right. also about what didn't what work. What didn't work. That's right. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Right? 
because it may have really been, worked mm-hmm. over the last 20 years for him to be uh, asset allocated, but yeah. maybe have a little bit more of a tent, uh, a, 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 a mm-hmm. trending over to tech side. Mm-hmm. But the things that didn't work along the way. But then you need to be careful about that confirmation bias, uh-huh. right? Because those things that either did or didn't work, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Here's another one. Recency bias. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's say Phil comes walking in and says, hey, Bubba, um, you know, the last two years I've been managing my money myself and mm-hmm. I've been doing fine. I've read a couple books and I've been kicking rear end. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did it because I put a lot of money in tech. Right. Last couple of years, mm-hmm. great place to allocate. Yeah. All right. Does that necessarily mean that going forward, that asset allocation is going to be the best one? Well, poor old Phil, you know, he's been kicked in the teeth the last six months <laughs> with tech being down over 30% in general, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But at the beginning of the year, he was convinced that his asset allocation right. model was the best mm-hmm. because recently yeah. it had worked that way. Mm-hmm. And as I said, we're looking for shortcuts, aren't right. we? What our brain does that. I think you know. I think everybody would be happy to have an investment portfolio that would generate uh, ten to fifteen percent annualized return with zero downside risk. <laughs> right? Wouldn't they all? Yeah. Yeah. They're just not out there. No. It doesn't work that way. We try to convince ourselves mm-hmm. there. It, it, going, I'm going to be the one that comes up with right. it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, me and my family or me and my advisor or me and my three books that I've read, mm-hmm. we, we, we know more than any of those people who graduated from MIT. Right. Uh, you know, all those other people that are up there in New York and sitting in Manhattan and trying to manage money for the, all these huge banks and investment houses. Mm-hmm. I can do this better than they can. And it's tough to do that. Our biases will talk us sometimes into making decisions that in the long run is not really a good thing, right? Right. Yeah. And we do it in all, walk, in all walks of life, mm-hmm. right? And then the next thing we know, uh, we're headed down a, a path that has been directed by mm-hmm. some things that were just almost subconscious for us. Is that what happens with, with biases? Yeah. We don't necessarily know we have them? And many times you don't. Mm. You don't necessarily know that you're making these mm-hmm. decisions because of X right. or because of, uh, of a recency bias or, or confirmation bias or whatever bias it that you have, you, you don't necessarily recognize them. But, but when you do recognize them, though, that's, I think, when, uh, when you can a- actually uh, excel at whatever you're doing. Mm. Yeah, whether it be, uh, you know, sports, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got a certain bias in sports and think that, you know, you're doing something the right way, mm-hmm. and then you realize, hey, I haven't been doing that the right way. Mm-hmm. Or the right way anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, because sometimes we have um, uh, a, a bias. There, there's another bias that I'm going to go into here, and uh, it's a system a, a system bias. Mm-hmm. All right? This has always worked. Yeah. It's, this has always been the best way to keep records, Bubba. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this for almost 30 years. And my Excel spreadsheet, you can bet on my Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Nothing against Excel spreadsheets. 
but has technology and have systems and have mm-hmm. programs. Have they come farther than that Excel spreadsheet? Uh, well, so, and this is, uh, this is one that uh, it is kind of resonates with me. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be, you used to have a, uh, an Excel spreadsheet or a notebook that you kept up with mileage for business expenses, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now there are apps that you can actually use, one that, that we use in mm-hmm. particular, mm-hmm. that you can swipe left or right. <laughs> it, it, business, pleasure, personal, you yep. know, personal, personal, business, right. business, right? Right. Yep. And it makes it so much easier, and you know that it's accurate, and at mm-hmm. the end of the month it generates a report. And you send it to Karen, she uh, gives you a check. It gives me a check, right. <laughs> I love it. And it's and I, a whole lot better. And I don't have to keep up with it. I don't have to, you know, deduct it at the end of the year, whatever I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it, and that's one thing that I, I would say from a, a time standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, I'm probably spending, uh, what, an hour mm-hmm. a year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. keeping up with my mileage, whereas it used to take probably five hours a year. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And you took a risk. You're going to lose all those pieces of paper. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you you drove across town to see uh, Daddy Warbucks Phil about yep. his money, well, you know, you wrote down, uh, here mm-hmm. was the odometer reading when I left the office. Right. Here's the odometer reading when I get to mm-hmm. his house. That's that many miles. And when I, I get to go back to the office, and there's the odometer mm-hmm. reading, I got to keep up with that. And I got to enter it somewhere in my Excel spreadsheet and, you know, va- validate all that. Right. You don't have to do that anymore. No. But if, if I had a bias. It's like a dating app. I'm just swiping <laughs> left and right, you know? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. Right. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> well,. It, it, that really is a good point for us to realize is that technology and advancement can challenge my biases mm-hmm. hmm? if I allow them to. Right. Now, if you were just so much of a disciple of your Excel spreadsheet mm-hmm. and Karen comes walking in and says, here's this app, Bubba, mm-hmm. and you can do this. I don't want those apps. Yeah. I'm not going to be controlled by my phone. Mm-hmm. Huh? I don't want no, people knowing where I am at all times. No. Yeah. No. And what did you do? You cost yourself four hours. Right. In your example, mm-hmm. it was either five hours a year yeah. or one hour a right. year. And then there you are. Uh, you're missing out. Well, giving you four hours to do something else. Yes. And maybe know, be productive. Be more productive in your business or, you know, quality time at home, whatever yeah. it is. Right. Right. And actually, this is... And I would say that time is one of the most valuable commodities out there. It is a really valuable Mm -hmm. commodity. And in fact, we're going to go to break and we come back from this break. What I'm going to do is we're going to talk about um, how that you really don't maybe give your time enough Mm -hmm. credit and you don't value it enough. And there's a bias against that Mm -hmm. that we need to address from the Advisors Roundtable. On Super Talk. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you here on Super Talk Radio. So we're talking about some of our biases, uh, and um, here's another bias: a, recog- a non-recognition bias. Let me let me give you an example of that. So let's say that Phil's been managing his own money for three or four years, and he's got that recency bias thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he thinks he's done a whole lot better than the market, and he thinks he's done a whole lot better than you have, Bubba. Yeah. 
he comes walking in the office and he says, I've been averaging 10.5% and you've only been averaging 9.5%. You're supposed to be the, the professional and here I am. I have done, uh, uh, look at this, look at these numbers. And you look at the numbers. And really, he did over the last two or three years. Maybe 10.5%. Uh-huh. A whole percentage point better than you did. All right? The thing that he is, the non-recognition bias is he doesn't recognize how much of his time uh-huh. that he put in to be able to do that and how concentrated maybe he has allowed his portfolio to get. Well, and I was going to go the risk route, mm-hmm. right? How much risk is he actually taking mm-hmm. and is it consistent with mm-hmm. what his true risk tolerance is? See, he, he's he got a non-recognition mm-hmm. bias. He, he doesn't recognize any right. of that. Mm-hmm. What is he? He's hyper focused on the return. Mm-hmm. He also doesn't recognize that your nine point five, in my example, that you quoted to him. When you quote percentages, do you yeah. quote them gross or net? Net. So what does that mean? That means that we we quote uh, returns after fees and expenses have been paid. Okay. So you may have done ten and a half right. or eleven, mm-hmm. but by the time fees and expenses were mm-hmm. paid. To the fund managers and to you and mm-hmm. to your staff and generating the statements right. and all that sort of stuff, maybe you were right in there along with him, mm-hmm. or maybe better. Correct. But he doesn't know that. That's right. Because he's got this non-recognition. He he hasn't factored in everything. So let's address that. What should he factor on his side? What should he add back? He should add back his time. Right. Now. What are we going to value his time at? Mm-hmm. Well, what does he make at work? Let's just use that number. Okay. All right. So let's say he has a job making $50 an hour. I'm right. picking a number out of, the, out of the air. He makes $50 right. an hour. We'll value his time. You think he spends five hours a month, 10 hours a month? Well, and, and my question would be, uh, how many hours does he spend per month and how many should he be spending mm-hmm. per month? Mm-hmm. You know, if you've, if you've got, uh, I think Jim Cramer even said mm-hmm. this one time, mm-hmm. um, for every position that you own, mm-hmm. whether it be a stock or a mutual fund or whatever, that you need to spend, what, an hour and a half per position mm-hmm. per, per month. Per month. So if you even own... Even if you cut that back to an hour and you had... Uh, let's say a well-diversified portfolio of 50 stocks, right? Mm. Which I don't think is quite diversified enough, but let's just say that it's, you're talking about 50 hours per month Mm -hmm. uh, that should be spent reviewing and analyzing that portfolio. Here's another thing. I think you ought to double the amount Mm -hmm. because first of all, he spent the hours. He may not have recognized it and he may not have Mm -hmm. used that against his gross because he's quoting gross. Right. He's quoting the gross return, mm-hmm. but he needs to subtract that out. Here's another thing he needs to do is doesn't he have some opportunity costs that he could have been using that time right. to earn money? Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. And so that non-recognition of all of the factors mm-hmm. involved, many times we make really snap decisions yeah. on things based on one or two factors mm-hmm. that are really feeding into our bias. Right. You know? I, I, I had, a, a, and, and just to kind of relay this in a different way, 
I had an individual tell me one time, um, he said, Bubba, you know, I haven't mowed my yard in 40 years. Mm. Now, I know that some people get joy and, and pleasure and excitement out of mowing their yard. They like being out gardening, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way this, this guy explained it to me, he said, I make more per hour on an hourly basis than it costs for me to hire somebody else to come in and mow my yard and do my yard for me. Okay. So why would I spend my time doing something that I don't like to do anyway mm. on something that's going to cost me more money if I do it myself? There you go. And so he was not just making a financial decision. Mm-hmm. I make 50 and I pay the guy who mows my yard 20 right. an hour. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense to me right. for me not to do that. I'll stay at work two mm-hmm. hours while he's doing my yard. Yeah. I'll make a hundred and he costs me 40 mm-hmm. cha-ching. That's yeah. good. But the other thing that he was factoring in is what he liked to do. Right. His fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Now for me, I'm opposite that. Yeah. I get fulfillment out of doing my yard yeah. and I get to the end and you could say, yeah, but it net cost you 60. I can say, but I got $200 worth of fulfillment. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And you don't know that. I'll go back to the guy who's managing his own portfolio. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he doesn't realize the stress Mm -hmm. that he's putting himself under. What's that worth? Mm -hmm. Ask his spouse. (laughs) How often does he come home talking about it Mm -hmm. and whining about it and preoccupied with it? What's that worth? I don't know. Having somebody else you trust do it Mm -hmm. may take some of that off of you. I don't know if it's going to save any years of your life, mm-hmm. but it may save the enjoyment you have. Sure. And the same thing is true with your friend who mm-hmm. didn't enjoy doing yard work. Mm-hmm. Not only did he net in my example, 60 bucks every time he had his yard mowed, but he didn't have mm-hmm. to do something he didn't like. And there's something to be said for that because you put yourself under a stress that you don't like to, mm-hmm. to handle. You don't necessarily know how many more doctor's visits or how many more pills or how many more prescriptions you're going to have to have Mm -hmm. to make up for all that. All right. Here's another one before we go to break for the next three or four minutes. I want to talk about a bias. Um, It is the uh, avoidance bias. And it's kind of related to the one we just talked about. But here's an avoidance bias. And I I just don't want to be aware. Don't tell me. Mm Mm-hmm. Just don't tell me. What is it? What? 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 What was the effect of of you driving that fast between here and the coast? I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Huh? I'm. I. 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 I just. I, I'm better off ignorant. I. I just don't want you to tell me. I, we have people come in from time to time. We'll say, "Well, how are you doing financially?" I don't know. Mm-hmm. They say that, don't yeah. they? Now. What's what do you the mean reason? Huh? Yeah. What's the reason they they give you that they don't know or they don't want to know or they haven't opened their statements or they don't balance their checkbook? It it, it could be uh, twofold. So number one, uh, they've done a great job of saving. They've got you know mm-hmm. diversified investment portfolio. They got plenty of money coming in. Okay. And they don't spend anywhere near what you know. So they don't have, they don't see any reason for them to know the particular dollar figure Mm because 
they're they're comfortable yep. and not worried. Mm-hmm. But there are other people who aren't comfortable that That's seem right. to be not worried. Mm-hmm. Now, what would be the reasoning for that? Well, I just don't want bad news. Yeah, it just may. It, it, uh, if I don't look at it, I don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. Do we do that in other areas of our life? As a you know, in addition to our finances, our 401k, our checkbook. I, I think you could probably do it uh, every morning, you know, mm. if you've got a weight scale in, <laughs> in your bathroom, right? You're walking past yeah. it. Yeah, I'm just going to walk past that today. I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> I'm not going to get on it. Yeah. One day becomes two. Yeah. Two days becomes seven. Seven days becomes 30. Mm-hmm. And you wonder why your pants are a little tight. Right. Well, that's because you didn't get on the scale. And, mm-hmm. and you just don't want to know right i just don't i I don't want you to make me aware of where i am i don't want to feel bad we find this a lot when we're talking to people about their estate plan Mm -hmm. do you have a will no i don't want to think about death do they tell you that yeah Mm -hmm. it's almost like they're going to um uh uh, send send off an alarm to the grim reaper that they're preparing Mm mm-hmm so the grim reader like, well, I'm just gonna move you up. Right. The, I'm gonna move you up the list. Yeah. Up, up the list, mm-hmm. huh? No, that's not the way it, it works. But we we convince ourselves of that. We do. Life insurance. You have a life insurance on yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, she'll want to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> well, she probably wants to kill you anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we we don't address mm-hmm. it. And then the next thing I find out, I'm 35, and I've been uh, diagnosed with the high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And then I think, you know, maybe I should get some of that life insurance. Bubba's been talking right. about, to me about it for 10 years. What happened? Well, and then maybe they get raided or can't get insurance. Mm. What does it mean to get raided? Uh, so there are different rate classes for life insurance, and you've got preferred, preferred plus, you've got standard substandard and you know various different smoker classes all that sort of stuff use of tobacco Mm -hmm. non-tobacco blah 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 Uh, so you know if you come back with high blood pressure high cholesterol or or whatever the ailment may be uh, that you have they may charge you more for the life insurance if they give it to you at all if they give it to you at all but if you had addressed it 10 years ago Mm -hmm. before all this came to 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 the forefront right you might have had some coverage Mm mm-hmm uh, and I have an example of that. A friend of mine a few years ago had a stroke in his 50s, and his wife called me up to help uh, deal with the aftermath. And I went into his office with her because she didn't have any mm-hmm. idea what was going on uh, related to his business. Yeah. And we went into the uh, business office, and in the corner, he had three different proposals for disability and for life insurance mm-hmm. from three different advisors. Right. He hadn't done any of it, mm-hmm. and they lost the business, mm-hmm. and their marriage ended. Right, uh, wasn't a pretty picture, uh, and he just, you know, ostrich put mm-hmm. his head in the sand. Didn't want to think about it. I'll deal with that one day. Or, in in some cases, you've got three quotes there, so you think you have dealt with it, but you really <laughs> haven't. <laughs> That's something we're going to get to in the next segment of the Advisors Roundtable 
on Supertalk. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Cooley and Labus with you here on Supertalk. And uh, Bubba, we're uh, talking here at the Advisors Roundtable today about some of the biases that affect us when we make decisions, specifically our financial decisions. And you alluded to one here as we went to break where uh, somebody had gotten some uh, quotes and analysis and uh, some uh, you know opinions and um, maybe a couple of hypotheticals have been run for them and a couple of uh, you know uh, 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 presentations had been put together for them and they didn't do anything mm-hmm. but in their mind they felt like they had addressed it right is there a difference between addressing an issue and handling an issue? Um, I would say that those are, are both kind of one and the same, So, mm-hmm. but maybe not the way you're phrasing it here. So mm-hmm. if you address an issue, at least you talk and discuss something, mm-hmm. right? If you handle an issue, you know that you can kind of put it to bed, so to speak. Yeah, so you know, let's say I'm not coming to yeah. work very often. Mm-hmm. Or, as, or when I should, or I'm not coming, uh, I'm not uh, getting there on time. Or yeah. there's an issue with me and 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 getting to the getting to the office. And so you call me in and say, "Hey, man, you know I need you here at eight. We we made this agreement. You're supposed to be here at eight. You're supposed yeah. to clock in. You're supposed to, you know." Uh, and I say, "Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I just thought that was a goal." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I didn't yeah. know it, you know, was required. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd like for it to, you know, be something that you do every yeah. day. We addressed it. Mm-hmm. We talked about it. Uh, but if I don't start, if I don't change my ways, if I don't start yeah. coming in at eight, I really mm-hmm. didn't, I addressed it a little bit, but I really didn't handle it. I really, it didn't really, I, your conversation with me didn't make a difference. Uh, these advisors that met with these, this friend of mine, all three of them, you know, they all had talked about disability and life and retirement plans and budgeting and, and, you know, kids' college accounts. Every one of them had similar material in there. It had been addressed. Mm-hmm. Looked at it. You, you could even see he had made notes. Right. He had underlined. He had highlighted. Mm-hmm. But he never followed through. Right. Why did he feel like it was okay? Why do you think it, that we feel like it's okay just to bring up the subject? Well, many times uh, if you bring up the subject, right, mm-hmm. then you've addressed it and kind of in your mind you think, well, that's handled now. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but all the time unless you take another step to actually complete the task or complete whatever it is mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know it's, it's really more of, su- of a suggestion than anything yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i i had, I, had a- I, I would relate that to so I, I, I don't know why this popped in my mind but mm. Buenos Aires, argentina there there's a, an avenue that's like 12 or 14 lanes wide Right, and they've got white stripes down each one of them. So here in the United States, mm-hmm. uh, you know that uh, if you're within the yellow line or the or the white line, that's your lane. You need to stay in it. Okay. In Argentina, it's more of a suggestion, <laughs> right? 
Okay. Yeah. All right. We kind of want you to stay in these lanes here, but everybody go, just goes wherever they want to. Oh, really? Right. And I don't know how how they don't have more more car accidents and car wrecks that, that they have. All right. So like, uh, you, so you're saying if there are five lanes, yeah, going in one direction, in one direction, yeah. there's really six or seven. Well, because there's, people yeah, have there's seven or eight cars wide going across <laughs> this avenue, right? Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, yeah. Yeah. It was unnerving. Uh, I can imagine. Yeah. I, I'm I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Uh, glad I didn't. I, I've not had to drive that way because I get mad enough at y'all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In America, where we, you know, most people stay within the lanes, but yeah. you know, you're not watching the stoplight and you don't go, and it's been yeah. ten seconds, and we everybody knows the stoplight doesn't yeah. hold but, that long. But I would say, un- until you act, like actually follow through on an action, mm-hmm. right? You may have addressed something, mm-hmm. but you haven't completed something until you follow through on whatever yeah. the action is. Yeah. Yeah, you really do. Uh, here's the last one. Selection bias. Mm-hmm. All right, so this happens a lot of times uh, for some of us. Uh, you know, we're, a lot of us are people pleasers. And so, you know, somebody asks you a question, and you really haven't thought about it enough to have your own opinion or to know anything about it, so you're trying to figure out what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. I think you, you gave an example of this uh, last night in mm-hmm. relation to uh, gas prices or oil prices, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, what were you talking about? Two individuals that, that uh, one of them said, well, uh, oil prices are up because of the policies of the Trump administration. <laughs> and then you talked to somebody else five mm-hmm. minutes later and said, oil prices are up because of the policies of, of the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and uh, you know, I think it's one of the reasons that we have a frustration with politics. Because mm-hmm. we kind of feel like that politicians walk in one room. Yeah. And say what they think those people need to hear, mm-hmm. and then they walk in another room, and they mm-hmm. kind of say what those people want to hear. Um, and, and as I said, we we, we kind of get um, conditioned to this in school. Mm-hmm. All right. So when when you went to school, did the teacher come in and say, "Okay, we're gonna discuss American government in here"? And I want to hear what you think, Bubba Labus. Or did the teacher come in and say, these are the rules and this is the way we're going to do the test and uh, th- this is the material you're going to be tested on and this is the way I'm going to give the test and, and it's going to be multiple choice or fill in the blank or discussion. And, and you were conditioned mm-hmm. to what? Give the teacher what the teacher wanted. Exactly. Huh? Not necessarily were you conditioned mm-hmm. to... Read it, right? Apply it, think about it. Have your own opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes maybe on a discussion question, you could throw your own opinion in there. But most of what we were conditioned throughout school was to regurgitate what we think they want. Right. All right. So in the financial world, what kind of happens is this: the employer comes in and says, "Bubba, you've been working here a year. We got this thing called a four hundred one k." You need to fill out mm-hmm. these papers, and we're going to ha- do a mm-hmm. 401k. You know what a lot of people will do? They'll take the papers back to the break room and say, Phil, what'd you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. What'd you do? What do you think the employer's expecting me to do? 
What do you think I, I need to? Uh, mm-hmm. What about these investments? Uh, what do you th- What do you think's expected? What, I, I don't know. Yeah. Now, do I have to do this do in I? order for my uh, employer to like me <laughs> and keep me employed here? Yeah. They expecting that I I do yeah. this, especially some mm-hmm. plans have company stock associated right. with it. So if I don't buy company stock in my retirement plan, I'm going to seen, be seen as a bad employee, yeah. somebody that's not really loyal. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we got this selection bias that that is related to somebody else's selection, mm-hmm. that uh, not necessarily ours. And we're doing it because we think it's the thing to do. Now, it is the thing to do to sign up for your 401k. Yeah. But it may be. But now, I, I will say that an employer, if you don't sign up for the 401k, mm-hmm. is not going to let mm-hmm. any, you know, mm-hmm. it's water off a duck's back. The employer really doesn't care whether you sign up or not. Yeah. And in fact, it's probably going to save a little bit of money on employers. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, they don't have right. to match you probably. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, Quit thinking like that. Mm-hmm. What's best for you? What's best for your family? Do you have a plan? Mm-hmm. What is your risk tolerance? What kind of investments inside this thing should you make? All of these things are things that you should be developing based on you mm-hmm. and what you want to accomplish in the in the future. And I guess that relates to the fact that I'm assuming that all of us should have a financial plan. Right. You know, what's your financial plan as a couple? Where do you want to be in 20 years? What do you want to have paid off? What do you want to have saved? When do you anticipate retiring? What do you want your kid's college experience to be? If you pass away early, what do you want that to look like? And, and sometimes not only what, what do you want to do in 20 years, what do you want to do next month? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And when you do get that one bill paid off, mm-hmm. what, do you ought to, what should you do with that money? Mm-hmm. All of these little soldiers need to have tasks. And I hope you don't have biases or too many biases there preventing you from accomplishing your goals and having your plan. From the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. The discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planners, LLC. Ignite Planners LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.